Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. She is an NCAA All-American from UCLA. She's an Olympian from Singapore, and she just finished uh, the ISL 2020 season representing the DC Trident. Uh, we've got today, Ting Kwa. Ting, how's it going? Hi, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I'm good. Uh, actually getting ready for practice at in two hours, but I usually do a little bit of land warm up beforehand. Um, yeah, but it's been a good Monday so far. Let's start with the present. You're still in Budapest in the bubble. Um, you know, the, the DC season just wrapped up. Um, How do you feel about getting to be a part of this experience? I am very, very grateful. Um, this is the second season of the ISL. Um, I was invited to swim the Derby meet in Maryland last year for DC, um, but it was only... It was the last meet and I, I wasn't a part of the team before that. So um, this year was actually the first time I got to be with the team for the whole season. And it's been a really, really nice experience. I'm very thankful that I got to experience all of it, even though it didn't go the way it, you know, it was structured last year just because of the pandemic and everything that's been going on. Um, but it's been a really great five weeks here in uh, Budapest. Yeah. Uh, I guess first off, um, is it cool getting to swim for your old coach at UCLA again and kind of reconnecting there? It's strange. It feels like I went in one full circle. Um, I swam for Cindy at UCLA. I was there from 2010 to 2014. So I, we kept in touch, but I didn't see Cindy um, for about four years until last year um, when uh, they needed um, an extra person. I think one of the German girls uh, couldn't make it for the meet in Maryland and they needed an extra swimmer um, for the relays. And uh, Cindy reached out and um, it was a really nice surprise. I was in Texas A&M at that time training with my younger sister and the team. And so I was already um, in the US. And so it was really nice being able to you know, see Cindy again, swim for her in a different capacity, uh, but it did bring back a lot of old memories. And um, I was fortunate enough to do that again this year. So I'm very happy with that. Um, so I, we talked about this a little bit um, in, in your post-race interview in the mix zone, um, but I would like to get into a little a little deeper of, of what you might take away from this experience. Um, I think it's going to be cool hearing and, you know, as the bubble ends or as teams start to leave, um, kind of what everyone will have gained from this experience because it's such a novel thing, right? No one's ever really been in, in, a, in a training camp where you're racing other elite teams every weekend um, and kind of like in that bubble structure. Um, yeah, I guess just personally, what, what, what do you feel like you're taking away from this, this time in Budapest? Um. When I was asking some of my some of my teammates who had been a part of the first season last year how it differed um, just because of the 
scheduling and the timeline of the meet the matches um i think last year how how it was structured was that you know there will be different matches in um, different countries all over the world and over a, a span of three or four months um because of the pandemic we've been stuck here on the island uh for about five weeks and very different from how it was last year um but i, I don't really have any reference just because i wasn't a part of that but um personally i really enjoyed it i really liked being able to be situated in one, one place um, with the whole team and just being able to get into a rhythm of training together and um, competing together and racing. And it's really nice being able to see all other nine teams. Um, we don't really mingle a lot just because of, you know, we're trying to be safe and they give us like different practice times, different eating times. We don't really mix, we have our own buses, but it's been so nice being able to just um, watch how people from all over, um, how they train, how they race, um, just watching people interact. And um, you're right, it's the first time, well, not the first time, but it's a very new novel um, idea and approach to swimming uh, and professional swimming and um, I think what I'm taking away the most from this experience is just understanding that um, I shouldn't put a limit to when I should stop swimming just because of age or where I am as compared to uh, compared to other people who are not swimming and what they're doing right now, you know, at this age. Yeah. Uh, and especially certainly you've been swimming for so long i mean at a, at a high level um you know i, I looked I'm, I'm looking at your wikipedia page you've got medals from asian youth games and southeast asian games from two you know from 11 years ago um so you've been doing this since since you were a kid and now you know we're the same age which i think is pretty cool we're both 28 uh both class of 2014 at our respective universities but um you know, you've been doing this for, for well over a decade at a really high level. Um, what is, you know, and you talked about getting to be with the team, getting to see other teams, how they move, how just, yeah, how they interact. What is your normal training situation like on a day-to-day -day when you're not in a Budapest bubble? Um, I've been on a very, um, I've been doing the same swim schedule since I was 11. Um, I started the 10 sessions a week, um, high performance regime, like regiment, training regiment, when uh, the Singapore Swimming Association decided to start um, a national training center and got all the up and coming kids and people who are already uh, making the national team, they, they decided to bring everyone together, kind of like an OTC, but permanent. Um, and they brought in a coach from Australia. And so he brought with him his whole, his idea of like how to train. And I remember, um, you know, with every coach that I've been in throughout my career, I, I've learned things from each one of them. And that coach, I think I, what I learned from him was um, time management, focus, and um, just perseverance just because I was <laughs> I was so young, I was only 11, and um, he brought with him all these ideas and, and how to 
of how to train and perform at a very high level. And um, so I did doubles on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We had Wednesday mornings off um, and a Saturday morning practice. So that came up to 10. Uh, morning practices would go from 5.30 to 7.30 because you know the kids had to go to school. And then afternoon practices would go from 4.30 to about seven after school. Um, I did that all the way until I left for college when I was 17. Um, went to UCLA and it was a very nice, uh, it was really nice because we practiced nine times there in, in college and it was a, it, it was a nice um, change because we started lifting, I had an extra session off um, and it just gave me a bit more time to do school and um, it, it, I just started training differently there, less mileage, um, more focus on getting stronger, doing weights. I graduated from college in 2014 and went back to Singapore um, by that time, the very first version of the National um, Training Center had been disbanded and there, there had been like a few revisions along the way, but that's when they brought Sergio Lopez in um, from the US to um, head the new National Training Center. So he was there from 2015 to 2000, so beginning of 2015 to 2016, and then he left after the Rio Olympic Games um, back to the US and the training center is still there, but um, it's now hit, it's uh, now headed by a different national coach and new staff. So similar schedule, um, after the lockdown back home, uh, we started with four sessions, moved up to five to six to seven. And right before I came to Budapest, I was only doing eight sessions. But um, what I learned from COVID this year is that eight sessions seems to be working well for me and um, I do not need to be doing as, mu as much mileage to be swimming as fast as I wanna be. And there are things I can do outside the pool um, to still swim fast and translate that into the water. And that's something that I learned um, during the, we call it circuit breaker, but during the lockdown in, um, during COVID. Circuit breaker, that's a good name. Um, that's it's a, it's 10 sessions a week since you were 11. I mean, I think, I think a lot of young swimmers go through something like that. Um, and I think that's kind of how, yeah, that's kind of how our sport works. That's how you're brought up. Did you ever, um, and, but that's a lot of swimming. That's a lot of time at the pool. That's a lot of dedication and commitment. I mean, did you ever want to step away from swimming at any point during that time? Did you step away at any point? I think, I think the longest time I took out of the pool was this year when we had the circuit breaker, we, all the pools at home were closed for about two and a half, three months. We don't have a pool at home. Um, they, the government closed the beaches so we couldn't do any open water swimming. Um, so that's the longest forced break that I've had to take. Um, other than that, I think, um, I, I take about three weeks. The longest I've taken straight without swimming would be three weeks a year. Um, you know, swimming's, uh, it's not a very seasonal sport. I think once you're out of college, even in college, I remember people talking about in-season and being out of season. And I remember um, NC2As ending in March, but um, 
and 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 other sports stop uh, taking breaks after NC2As, but you know the swimmers would still keep going because then we would switch to long course season and get ready for summer when people would start swimming international meets. Um, so I've never actually taken like a really long break. Um, the what I think the only time I've really thought about stopping swimming was when I graduated from college. It was because a lot of my teammates were um, retiring from the sport. They had gone jobs and were leaving school and moving on to the next chapter of their lives. Um, I moved home to Singapore and I knew that I still wanted to continue swimming because I still really enjoyed it. And um, I'm, I'm still fortunate enough to be able to represent my country um, at international meets and I wanted to keep doing that. I felt a little bit lost I think after college just because I felt like just because I graduated I was now an adult and it should be doing adult things like having a job. So I did not think about stepping away from the sport. I did try to work a regular job on top of swimming which then I realized I was burning the candle at both ends and I got really tired and I decided not to do that after a year of trying in 2015 and just decided to focus full-time um, on training for the Rio Olympic Games because I thought that I would stop after um, the Rio Olympics. So I thought, you know, it's just like six months, I'll train full-time, see how this like full-time swimming thing goes. And um, it's four years later and it's like now the Tokyo Olympic Games and I'm still swimming. But uh, to answer your question, no, I've never actually thought about stepping away from the sport because I think the road's not been easy. I mean, there there've definitely been moments where um, I haven't enjoyed being in the water as much. There are moments when I question what I'm doing and if there's like a clear end goal to what I'm doing. I do have those moments, but I think I've, I'm so in love with the sport and being in the water that I haven't actually ever thought about walking away from it. Uh, and that's, that's really cool to hear. Um, again, especially because you have been in it for so long, I think certainly uh, you see a lot of athletes who, who, who are at the top of their game for so long that eventually they're like, okay, the, the, I just, I never want to see a pool again. Um, <laughs> but, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you might get there one day, but it, but it sounds like right now, um, you're still enjoying it and that's that's really cool to hear uh so you i'd like to talk about your <laughs> your your events your training a little bit you know you started out uh as a young swimmer i think as a 400 imer i know you went to the 2008 olympics in beijing and swam the 400 im you set a national record there um but now you know you swim butterfly sprint butterfly sprint freestyle um, so you'd really kind of explored the gambit. Um, so I'll, I'll uh, sorry, I'll ask a question eventually. Um, so I tell me about that first Olympic experience. Um, you went in in 2008 in Beijing. You swam the 400 IM. Um, what was it like heading into an Olympics at, were you 15 or 16 at the time? I turned 16 at the games. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, it was my first games. I 
it was a really cool experience. Um, I think before that, the only games that I I had been to were the Asian games and probably the Commonwealth games. So they're like smaller versions, you know, where you do stay in a village and you do see people from all different sports um, from different countries. But um, with the Olympics, it's just that, but on a much larger scale. And um, I remember it just being really overwhelming. Um, the first time we walked into the dining hall, it was just like high school, but on a massive scale. You know, you see um, all different kinds of athletes. Um, you have like the really tall basketballers and the really tiny gymnasts. And it was amazing. Um, yeah, I'd never seen so many different types of um, growing up swimming. You just see like the swimmer body and you're very used to that. And that was the one of the like, few times that I got to see the whole different like a whole different range of body types and and people just came in all shapes and sizes and they were all athletes and it was just amazing um I remember um that 2008 that was before FINA started making the the swim meet a little bit smaller like making the cuts um the qualifying for the games a lot stricter and so I think the meet the swimming part of the games was a lot bigger in terms of the number of swimmers who participated. Um, I remember swimming at the Cube. Um, the stands were, were huge and um, there were just so many people. And I remember walking on deck and just looking at all, you know, the big names and like swimmers I knew as, as well as like swimmers I didn't know just walk, like they all look so strong and so not old and like, a bad way but they just, they just look so mature and so sure of themselves and so confident and um, I remember watching their races and just being so in awe of like how like how confident everyone was behind the blocks and I remember <laughs> the day of my race uh, reporting for my event um, I do, well, I did enjoy the 400 IM when I was younger. The only stroke in that race I really don't like is the breaststroke. So the way I swim my event is that I go out really, really fast for the butterfly and the backstroke, and I try and hold on and watch everyone catch up and pass me in the breaststroke and then just try and, you know, finish with everyone on the freestyle. And I remember um, talking to my coach before the race, and I told him, like, my plans, the same as always, I'm going to go out really fast. And um, I was really nervous, but I think, you know, the nerves leave the moment the starter um, does the whole take your mark and like you leave, you leave the blocks for your race. And I think in that moment, for most people, at least, I think that's when the nerves leave because then the body kind of takes over and you just do, you know, what you've done every other time when you dive in for a race and I think that's what happened like I was really really nervous before it was really loud like people were screaming and um the whole venue was so big but the moment the race started I just body took over did what I had to I think I went <laughs> it's really funny because afterwards my coach told me that I had gone out um under world record pace for the 100 fly for the first 100 <laughs> so I think on TV like for about a minute or so there was the line that shows like how far you are in front of the world mm -hmm. record um 
which was really funny, I thought, because then, you know, backstroke happened and then it disappeared. But it was a really <laughs> good experience. Like, I really enjoyed, um, I was very, very nervous, but um, it was a really great experience. And I remember telling one of my teammates here, actually, because um, because Jason Lizak is the manager for um, the Kelly Condors team. And I remember being there watching that race when he was the last leg of the 4x100 um, freestyle men's relay for the U.S. when he caught up to France. And uh, I was telling my, uh, one of my teammates, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I watched Jason race like 12 years ago um, in Beijing. And like, I was so in awe of his race. And like, that's still like one of the most memorable races that I've watched live. And I can't believe he's in, he's like in the rush, like the dining hall here, like just having dinner, like two seats away and talking to like other coaches. And it's just, it's crazy to think that I was there and the way I viewed all these older swimmers and like where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. That I have, yeah, I've, I've got to, I've got to hit on that now because, um, one, again, one of the great things about ISL is that it does bring all these athletes together and um, it it makes such a cool environment of, of young and more mature swimmers and gives them the opportunity to meet. And you are uh, an extremely seasoned veteran in this sport, but, you know, it's like you're <clears throat> the way you're talking about it. You're still learning things. You're still picking things up. Um, you know, do you now see yourself as one of those more mature swimmers um or do you st still see yourself as as a younger swimmer who's who still has a long way to go i would like to think that i'm sort of in the middle of both of that um i like thinking um that i always have something to learn i think with that growth mindset it helps me know that you know there are things that there's always something that I can do there's always something I can learn to be better um, and to get faster um, I do feel a lot more confident right now as a swimmer um, especially here at the ISL it started out a little bit rocky in the beginning but I think um, from match two onwards I kind of gained my footing and I had a, f a few good races and that and it really boosted my confidence um I still feel a little bit younger than some of the other more seasoned veterans just because I think I was talking to my teammate about this yesterday because half of our team left um on Sunday yesterday morning and it's been it was hard saying goodbye to um half of our team just because we've all been living and eating and swimming together for the last five weeks and we really grew together as a team so and saying goodbye is always really difficult for me but I remember telling uh, one of my teammates that I'll be it'll be hard leaving this place but I would leave knowing more people than on the flight here I remember on the flight from Amsterdam like it was a really small plane and it was just full of swimmers and I just felt it really feels like high school to me sometimes just because um, being on the Singapore team, we're always so small. And then when we travel for big international meets, like you have like the US team and the Australian team and China and Japan and Canada, all these really big, strong um, swimming countries. And, you know, they're always together and there's not a lot of time 
um, outside of racing to really interact because then you're always like stuck with your countries. And so I remember being on the like coming on the plane here and same thing. I've been out of college for about five years, so I don't really have any more connections to people who are just coming out of college. So I remember being on the plane and looking around and like hearing people talk and being very comfortable with one another. But I felt a little bit out of place just because I didn't really know anyone. And I think that's the reason why I always in a way feel a little bit younger and out of place as compared to some of the older ones here. Um, however, I also have learned during this, during my time here that um, I have learned a lot of things throughout my career and it that was made apparent to me during the time that we got to train together as a team when, you know, all of us are doing different programs because we're coming from different places. But there are times when, you know, someone would say like, oh, I have like a 200 pace set today. Like if anyone else is doing something similar, like, you know, we can look at each other's like programs and we can, you know, swim together maybe. And so I had the opportunity to practice with um, some of my teammates and share um, programs uh, with one another. And during the course of that, I realized that I've learned a lot um, in the last 17 years that I've been swimming and I have a lot to share. And I was able to do that when we practice together and just like share tips on like technique and different drills and trying to um, just work on things that we were, you know, struggling with or uh, working on. And afterwards, I, you know, after a particular practice when we we're doing skill work and I was um, showing one of my teammates, Miranda, like some drills to help with like positioning of the hips and pressing the chest down during breaststroke. Um, I left the pool thinking like, you know, I actually do know like a few things and and it's it felt really good to be able to share that knowledge and um, watch that be translated into the pool by someone else and watch them be able to learn from that. And that I think then helps me gain confidence in myself knowing that I do know a thing or two about swimming and I'm able to share that. That is it's very cool hearing you talk about it and that is really cool i mean if if you've been at a high level and done something for so long um like you said there's always le more to learn um i think that growth mindset is an extremely helpful thing um in to anyone um athlete or no but also uh it's like you pick up things along the way and sometimes you don't always realize it but you know sometimes you do um and so I, that brings us back to um, kind of the events you swim, maybe the way you train. Again, you started out swimming the 400 IM, and and you know you kind of gradually went to now. You, now you're doing sprint free, sprint fly. Um, did that was that transition? Did you want to make that happen? Was that sort of a natural progression as your career went on? Um, how did you go from from one end of the spectrum to the other like that? Um. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, the Singapore Swimming Association brought in a guy, a coach from Australia to hit the first national training center. And that was when I was 11 and he was there for four years. So I swam with him from the ages of 12 to 16. And um, I remember him leaving um, in 2008, right before, um, I think in March, um, the year of the Olympics, because that's when I moved, you know, the training center was disbanded and I moved 
to a, a, a swimming club. And um, I think it was to do with like the change of the way we practice. I think um, the coach that I like started training with in 2008 saw the potential that I had for um, the 200 freestyle. So before that I had been swimming the 400 free, the 800 freestyle, the 400 IM, the 200 butterfly. So basically all the really painful ones. <laughs> I think, yeah. I'm not sure. I, sometimes I, I wonder if, you know, the, if my coach from Australia had stayed, if I would still be doing those events, if I would even have left for college. Um, uh, really? You, yeah. You uh, uh, yeah, just because um, coming from Australia, I think uh, he wasn't always like the biggest fan of the American gotcha. college system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but the way things happened, he left um, after his contract was up after four years and I moved to the swim club. And that coach who then took me on um, started training me more for the 100 and 200 freestyle. And also he used to swim from BYU. So he was the one who introduced me and my parents to the idea of, you know, me going away to America to do um, college swimming um, after the Olympics. And I think, you know, swimming the 400 and the 800 and the IM and the fly and all those long events really set a really good base and foundation for me. Like even up till today, um, I do, swim the 50 the 100 and the 200 freestyle but the way i train i think i still like having a little bit of like the mid distance aerobic base um especially in the beginning beginning of season just to get the fitness in and i like so the way the way i am um i like stepping up behind the blocks as confident as i can and usually to be confident i like knowing that I've done everything I can physically to be in the like peak physical form that helps me mentally like knowing that like I put in the work so beginning of season I always like getting like the aerobic the mid-distance work in and I think it actually paid off here because you know we swam some matches back to back and um you I think having that mid-distance uh base helped me keep the fitness at a certain level um, over three weeks. Um, so that helped a lot. Um, then, then I went away to college and then I, yeah, I just kind of stuck to the hundreds and the two hundreds um, free and fly in the fifties also. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a cool progression. And I think uh, it, it seems like a good balance, right? Of, of getting some aerobic, getting some speed. Um, so we've talked about you a lot. We haven't even talked about your two siblings who are also, uh, great swimmers in their own right. Um, Zhang Kwa and Jing Kwa, uh, Zhang who just finished his collegiate career last season at, at Cal. And then Jing, who's a senior this year at A&M, who you mentioned you had, trained with her in the past um you know let's start from from when you were 11 growing up um what was it like having them around to to be able to swim with as well um so i think that they got started with swimming because my mom was 
the one who would bring me to practice and so she would have my brother with her and my um and my sister at, at a later time but you know they were at the pool so much that at some point I think my brother just kind of got in by himself and was playing in the water and you know one of the coaches saw it and was like you know why why doesn't he like join one of the groups and you know learn um water safety as well as the four, diff four different strokes and so I think they got into the sport um because I was already in it and I think that it's great that we did, we all did the same sport because it made planning and scheduling for my parents like a lot easier in terms of like sending us to the pool and having like a similar and I talk to my friends sometimes in in some in some families like I know like one person swims the other the brother does baseball someone else does basketball and it, it I think I'm really lucky that my siblings do the same sport as me because then um they we all go through I think the same thing and we all understand it and we are able to support one another um, which is something that I've come to learn is very important even though swimming is an individual sport and I've also learned that swimmers get swimmers like we understand the crazy schedules so year-round season um, the lingo and it's just like great that I have that with my siblings that I have you know we're still very competitive with one another but at the end of the day you know if one of us succeeds then it's like success all around for all of us and it's I think it's also made staying in the sport so much easier for me like it was, it's walking away from the sport hasn't even been an option for me really um I've never even thought of it just because I'm having so much fun uh, every time we travel together, you know, as a family, and I get to see them race, and we get my room with my sister, and we get to all experience this together. So that's uh, like you said. I think swimmers are built differently. Um, we we get one another. Uh, I'll never forget a story my my brother told me, who is also a swimmer. He trained with Cal for a while. And he was on uh, the train <laughs> and he saw three girls going into the city, obviously going to an event. And two of them were like, you know, putting on makeup on and like getting ready and dressed really nice. And the third one of them had a hoodie on and it said like, you know, some it, it was a swim team hoodie and she was just shoving Cheez-Its in her mouth. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's swimmers for you, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that I mean, it, it is it is very cool to have siblings, certainly who already understand your origin, where you come from in terms of your family um, and your upbringing, but then to also go through those experiences with them of, you know, like you said, swimming's not easy. It's it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of dedication. And to have them understand that, um, especially you know, all three of you do it at a, again, at a very high level, you know, I'm, I'm guessing you've been to Asian games, Commonwealth, you've been to lots of, you know, very high level meets with them. Um, do, you know, can, can you think of a time where you've ever really leaned on them at, at a meet like that or vice versa, where they, you know, came to you for advice or comfort or wisdom? I think, Last year at the World Championships in Korea, um, Gwangju, I think, if I remember correctly, um, I think I was going through um, a pretty difficult time. And that was... My brother left for Cal in the beginning of 2017, 
my sister left for A&M the same year in August. And I think that was like a very difficult year for um, all of us just in terms of transition, change. Um, uh, my parents were also, you know, trying to deal with like having like their babies leave home for college, like at the same time in the same year. And um, I remember just, it was the first time I think in a long while that I didn't have them with me at practice and it was not easy for me. And, you know, for one or two years, it, it took us a while to kind of get used to not seeing one another except for meets over summer or maybe one or two weeks over Christmas break. And um, we've always been very close growing up. And I think that's helped a lot, um, both in and out of the pool. But I think in those one or two years after they had first left, um, I wouldn't say we drifted apart, but we just we talked a little bit less. And um, I also felt that I, I, had, I had missed a lot of my sister, um, sister's childhood, because I went away when I was 17 and she's eight years younger than me. And so she's, she was only nine when I left for college and I was away for four and a half years. I came home, um, was home for about two years before it was her turn to leave for college. So I just felt like I had missed a lot of her childhood. And then I was also missing a big part of her um, growth when she went away to college. But I think last year in 2019, you know, that was that year, like that during Guangzhou, that was a time when we, we actually, I roomed with my sister and that's when we actually really started having like deeper conversations. We actually started talking about, you know, really serious things and we opened up to one another. And my brother also like was like more open with things. And I could, I could sense there was a shift before that we were, we had always, um, we had been very close, but we were all children. And I think last year in Guangzhou was the first time we actually looked at one another and were like, hey, we're not like five and nine anymore. We can actually like talk about these like real things, like serious things. And, um, you know, like we can be there for one another. It's not like, oh, you fell down, like here, let me get you a band-aid, like that kind of support. Like we still have that, but now on a different level, like we're still swimming, we're still in the sport. And it was a really nice realization, I think, for all of us that um, we were still going to be there for one another as swimmers, but also as siblings on a more adult, serious level. And um, I remember, it's so funny, when my mom was pregnant with my sister, I was so excited because I was like, I have a sister, finally, like, I, I love my brother, like, it was really nice having him growing up, but it's like, yes, I have a sister, I have someone I can, like, share clothes with, we can share shoes, like, save money, but also, you know, like, share stuff, um, and it's really funny because my sister and I, one, we look nothing alike, she's so much tinier than me, and so, you know, at a certain point, I was like, I just accepted the fact that we can't share clothes, we can't share shoes, like if we want the same thing, we have to buy two of the same thing. Like, And it's so frustrating because my mom also doesn't have the same shoe size as us. So my sister is like, um, what am I? I'm like seven and a half, my mom's six and a half, and my sister's five and a half. So it's like, we're all women, but like we can't share anything. But finally last year in Guangzhou when we were talking, I was like, this is what I can share. It's like, I can share my experience in swimming or my experience in college, I can share um, things like I've been through um, in the last few years and, and just let my siblings know that I would be there for them also um, in that capacity. So it was really nice. Like last year, I think, and it's just kind of been like 
we're going really well. It's like an upward trajectory, and we're still like calling each other a lot, and we're getting closer. So I like that. I, I, I can totally relate to what you're talking about. I think that's a huge turning point in in a sibling relationship when you know maybe maybe you know you all go in your different directions or maybe you stay together but you know you're just kind of going through high school going through college you start getting different experiences and and it's and, and at a point you realize yeah like you you said it great like we're not little kids anymore we're adults and we can kind of start connecting and communicating on on these deeper levels that you might you know, already do so with mentors or parents or coaches, um, or maybe even friends. But um, when you when you get to that point with a sibling, I think it's it's really special. And uh, it's, it's it's cool to hear about about your experience with that. Um, all right, so back to swimming. Uh, you have you been to two Olympics or three Olympics? I've been to two. I was in the 2008 Beijing Games and the Rio Games in 2016. Okay. Um, so, so I have to ask, going into those 2012 Olympic Games, um, what was the reason that you weren't able to go? <laughs> um, I did not make the team because... <laughs> I had broken my arm over Thanksgiving in 2011. Um, I had gone home with a teammate. If Cynthia's watching this, I'm really sorry. I'm going to tell everyone about how I meet your sister, bring me surfing. But um, <laughs> Thanksgiving, I remember that the date very clearly. It was November 27th, 2011. I was home with the, my teammate and best friend from college. Um, she had invited me home and her sister was going surfing and I was like, I'm in California. Like, I need to learn how to do like a Californian thing. Like, I just, <laughs> and I also really wanted to, you know, I like pushing myself and I like learning new things. So I was like, please take me with you. And, Growth mindset. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I remember she was like, okay, we're going to Huntington Beach. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't care. Like, just bring me. And so I borrowed a wetsuit and a longboard and she brought me out and it was great. Like she was teaching me like how to get on the board and I managed to get on my knees in the first half an hour. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, it's so fun. We go into the beach. Um, we go, we go onto the sand to rest for a little bit and the waves are getting bigger. And I turn to the, her sister. And I'm like, I want to go, I want to learn like how to stand today. Like I need to do it today because I don't know like when the next time I can surface, like it must be today. <laughs> and so we're going out, we're paddling on, this really big wave comes and um, I get off my board, push it to the side and get ready to go under the wave. I didn't push the longboard far away enough and the wave angled it toward me and like um, it hit my arm, like the wave slammed the board into my arm. And I got tumbled back into the shore. I've broken my arm twice before as a kid, um, hairline fractures, so nothing too serious. But I, I know like what it feels like to have like my arm broken, so I knew right away like what had happened. 
So I get tumbled into the shore. I'm like holding my arm. Thank goodness I have a wetsuit on. And then I go up to my teammate. I'm like, Cynthia, like we have to go to the hospital. Like I broke my arm. And sh- I can see like right away that panic sets into her eyes. And she's like, um, maybe you sprained it or something. I was like, no, you don't understand. Like I've broken my arm twice before as a child. So I know what it feels like. And it's really broke. Like, look at it. It's like bending and like not the right shape. <laughs> And so she's like, okay, let's go. And like, so that's how our Thanksgiving morning started. Um, like, <laughs> this um, was Thanksgiving morning. Oh, man. Exactly. <laughs> it's just the start of the day. And so um, her, mo- her mom's a nurse. And like, um, but she called her mom anyway. And, and her, her mom like showed up at the ER. And the lady had to do an x-ray um, and was trying to get the wetsuit off. And I remember it was so badly broken that it hurt just to have her like, have anyone touch me. And they ended up having to cut the wetsuit off my arm just to get an x-ray. And I remember just being put in like a splint and spending the rest of the day being in pain and miserable. And just like my teammate felt really bad. I felt really bad. I begged her mom not to tell Cindy. I was like, please don't call Cindy. Like, don't ruin her Thanksgiving. Obviously, two minutes later, she called my coach just to let her know like, oh, hi, your swimmer broke her arm. Um, And I remember... It was really funny because I remember trying to text my parents about what had happened. So they were back in Singapore because my siblings were still really young at that time. Um, so they my they never really came up for um, holidays. Like I would usually go home. Um, but I remember texting my parents at the same time. Like I would text my dad telling him what happened because he was at work and I was texting my mom and she was at home. And it was really hard to do it with one hand and having to text like two different people at the same time. So my dad um, texted me, like, what happened? And I was like, oh, I, I broke my arm. And then um, he, like, so my mom asked, like, like what do you break? And I was like, my forearm. And then my dad's like, um, how many bones? And then I was, like, just texting so many people at the same time that I told my dad both but then he texts my my and then my mom texts me saying like your dad just told me you broke both arms I'm like no stop like let me just text one person and tell like one person what happened I broke one arm but both bones in it so I broke it so badly that I needed surgery um and I got it in December had two plates and 15 screws put in and I remember yeah I remember (laughs) um being in a lot of pain for two weeks and and uh, in the middle of the night having to wake up, you know, every four hours to take a painkiller. And my coach had the doctor put me in a waterproof cast, which I learned is not water, like what you think it is. Like it doesn't keep water from touching your arm. It's just a cast that is made from a different material that um, wouldn't like dissolve in water. It just, the water still gets in. It just like takes about three to four hours to dry. So I was in a waterproof cast. Um, I would, get my coach made me get into the water to kick so I'll be like kicking around like that mm-hmm. morning practices kick around get out let it dry for about four hours and then get in again um, for afternoon practice so that was most of winter training for me mm-hmm. um got the cast off I think end of January and it, I, I didn't have a lot of time before pec 12s um so that year was really rough like I didn't swim too great at pec 12s took it very very hard I was like, it's fine. Like, I still have Olympics. Like, I'm going to train really hard for it. And I remember trials being in April that year. Um, but I just didn't have enough time to train up for it. So didn't do well at trials. 
So just basically had like a pretty bad season all around. And I was bummed because my brother made the London Games that year and I really, really wanted to go for that with him. But um, he was by himself for that one. <laughs> yeah. And so even even the next year or or that summer or the ne- you know the next season was mentally for you was that easier to bounce back from or did that take a while for you to get over the hump of I think summer of 2012 was difficult I was definitely very upset you know Olympic, the Olympics only comes around every 4 years and it's it just felt like a very wasted opportunity um I mean, I know everything happens for a reason. It's just like frustrating that, you know, not to say that when a non-athlete gets injured, it's not a big deal. I think it's just because being an athlete, your body is so, what you do, your body is so important to your sport. You know, it's everything. The moment you get injured and you have to sit out from practice and from from meets, it just like takes away or it just kind of creates a bump in your season and, um it doesn't just affect you physically i think it also really affects you mentally when you have to sit out and watch people doing what you want to be doing or doing what you love and yeah i remember um the next year i went back uh the next year in 2012 i went home with the the same teammate for thanksgiving did not go surfing this time (laughs) i remember we were not allowed to do any like physical activities and we're in the kitchen on thanksgiving and like i offered to like help with like carving the turkey and everyone's like no no like don't let ting have the knife i'm like guys it's a it's a knife it's not like a surfboard we're not but i pretty much uh for the rest of college lived in a bubble kind of in terms of taking care of my body um so summer of 2012 was really difficult but i think going into my junior year of college like i was very determined to make it a lot better than the year before and i think that was like my best year in college and I was also really happy. I think it was like one of my happiest years in college swimming. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I did really well. Um, that was the year I placed at NCs, and um, it was like a it was a confidence booster in a way. Like I I was like stepping up next to these like really fast girls from Cal and um, Arizona and SC and and Florida and and holding my own. And it was just a really good feeling, especially after such a bad season the year before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's always nice to hear. You were able to bounce back and kind of rebound and then, um, you know, and then you make, how good of a feeling was it to make that Olympic team in 16? So good. Especially since my brother like was on it with me. Um, it was fun. Um, I remember after the games, uh, we were talking about Tokyo, which, you know, at that time seems so far away, but it's 2020 and it's, well, it's not happening happening this year, but <laughs> it's already 2020. And I remember afterwards when we were talking to my sister about that, we decided to make it a goal for all of us to be in Tokyo together um, next year. Yeah, you know, I really hope that happens. And I know like we're not together training for it, but we're all like in our respective places and and working really hard to try to make that happen. Yeah. Did, was, you know, obviously, um, like I said, yeah, Zhang is in, is it Cal? Uh, Jing is at A&M. 
um, still competing this year for A&M. Yeah. Um, did you ever consider staying in LA or was, were you pretty set on moving back to Singapore after that, after you were done collegiately? Um, I looked at a few professional programs um, around the States uh, at that time. I still don't think UCLA has like a professional team um, pro group with the school. And I just felt like I wanted to be with a group of people who are going to be um, training with a bigger focus on long course meters. And so I was trying to find a group within the U.S., um, but there was word that, um, Sergio was going to hit like the national program back home. And I think that was the, that was what made my, um, decision to go back home after college, um, afterwards. Um, has, has in a similar vein, has being at the ISL, you know, around people who are very like-minded in, in their goals and, and their daily routines, um, has that affected how you see your daily routine or, or, or your training group right now at all? Um, definitely reconsidering like the way I want to train and the way I want to, you know, even up to um, before the lockdown back home, before the circuit breaker, I, I'm, I was still training at 5.30 in the morning um, just to, you know, accommodate like... Um, the high school kids who had to leave for school at 7.30. But then I remember after Circuit Breaker, just because of social distancing, they were trying to separate the kids who were going to school from like the, the people who were working um, with the pro swimmers. I got to swim from 7.30 to 9.30 and then three to five in the afternoon. And it made such a big difference for me, just having more sleep, having more time in the day after afternoon practice to get stuff done. Um, having one less session, which allowed me to do more of like the land work that I needed. And then even coming here, um, you know, just again, same thing with like being able to practice from eight to 10 and, and being able to sleep better. And I feel so much better, um, a lot more rested. I can go so much harder um, in the water and just hearing stories about how some of the older athletes are still doing what they're doing um, at whatever age they're at and how they make it work and how they make it sustainable. And, you know, because swimming is not one of the sports that really has a lot of money in it. Um, I think the whole idea of ISL is to try and make that happen and make it a sustainable um, career for people who do want to stay in swimming professionally after being amateurs in college. Um, but just listening to people talk about how they make it work at home with like their jobs, like on the side, um, raising families, like taking classes. It's just, it's just been very inspiring. And it makes me um, realize that, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy when I go home just because of the environment that I'm in. I train mostly with high school kids, um, some college kids, but it's very different from being here. Um, that it would take a lot of work, but it's possible. Like if I really want to, and, I, and if I really want to make it happen, like it's possible. And that's exciting, and that's something that helps make it helps makes going home a little bit easier. Just because it's been so great here, and and really, if like I could like not worry about money or anything, and just be able to train and 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 sleep as much as I need to, and 
fuel properly. Like I would do this every day and not like have to worry about stuff, but like watching people and learning from them and listening to them and how they make it work really inspires me to try and do that on my own too. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good stopping point. I don't, I know you've got practice in about an hour, so I don't want to hold you too long. Do you have any any parting thoughts before we sign off? Um, just want to say thank you so much for having me on here and allowing me to share um, my experience here um, at the ISL as well as just in general as a swimmer. And um, yeah, I hope to keep doing what I love. Um, as long as I'm fortunate enough to be able to do it. And I hope to be able to help and nurture and share for as long as I can to all the younger swimmers out there. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.